Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today, which is August 30th, 2017. Our very special guest is Dr. Sylvie Heyman, and we're going to be talking about her latest book, Make It a Habit. She is a health and a wellness expert with quite an extensive background in traditional and non-traditional healthcare practices, so her expertise will be very much appreciated relative to information about our body, minds, and spirits. She focuses on weight management and lifestyle changes, and she's expanded her area of expertise to habits that affect the body, the mind, and the spirits. So let's bring her onto our show now. Hello, Sylvie. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hello, Denise, and thank you very much for having me. I always like to start the show out by asking my guest, how did you get on the path that you're on today? Where did it all start? Well, it started actually with a series of workshops. You mean in terms of writing the book Habit? Is that, I'm assuming that's what you mean. And it started by my giving a series of workshops on the habits of health in a cardiologist's office. And I thought, you know, I think I should speak a little bit about habits as a whole. And uh, so I researched it, and I read a lot of books, and I just became totally fascinated with the subject. And um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to write this book, and I'm going to write it from the perspective of a healthcare practitioner. Oh, that's really great, really, really great. So let's talk about it a little bit. How does it all begin? Mm -hmm. Well, um, it really begins. Uh, it really begins being a, a motivational book, not so much a manual for uh, taking care of habits, although there's a lot of tips. But um, it really begins by uh, focusing on the fact that um, habits are all over us, all good ones, bad ones, indifferent ones, and that uh, we need to control them. We need to make them so that they enhance our lives and not sabotage our lives. So um, it's about habits of the body, mind, and the spirit. So it's not just about um, keeping fit and trim, but it's also in terms of uh, a lot of other things like uh, punctuality and uh, procrastination and even prayer and, and being kind. All these, um, even though we learn them, um, when we hold the door open for someone, it, it, it really is a habit. You just don't even think about it. I'm going to hold the door open for someone. No, you just do it as a habit. So, and that's kind of the way it begins. And so what is the first step that somebody would take 
to change or create a new habit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, no, of course, creating a new habit is not easy. Changing a, a bad habit to a good one is even more difficult. And the first step that one has to take is that you have to be aware of the fact that you have a habit that you want to get rid of. If you're not aware of it, then you can't change anything. Another thing that needs to be done is that you need to be uh, ready. You could be aware of the fact that you have a habit, but yet you're just not ready to give it up yet. So those are the things that um, are necessary in order to get started. Um, I speak about my, uh, the triple A's in my book in terms of awareness and then action. You're going to take some sort of action once you're aware of the habit uh, that you want to get rid of or create. And then accountability. With the, the action is the time when you are looking around for different ways to change habits or create new habits. And one of the reasons that I wrote the book and I wrote a particular chapter where I included the work of other authors, other researchers, other methods, so that there's various different methods that you can do that. And I wanted to give my readers an opportunity to take a look at various different methods that even others have created and see which one resonates better with themselves, with their lifestyle, with their schedule, um, with their personality. So let's just um, run through an example. Let's just say that a person is aware of the fact that they, they're drinking too much, too much alcohol. Mm-hmm. So they've well, become aware, but they're not quite aware. ready. They're not quite ready to give it up. What do they do? They're not quite ready to give it up. Then they really have to look into that. What is it that's preventing them from being ready? How much do they really want to give it up? Sometimes it's just a matter of giving it time. Sometimes too much is going on in somebody's life that they cannot take on yet another task, which is to start a method to change or create a new habit. Uh, so that readiness, uh, there are many different ways that, uh, but they're kind of complex. I mean, sometimes you really have to go into some sort of a, a talk therapy with somebody as to why you're not ready. But I would say that um, think about it, and uh, you might get ready as you think about it and you're taking a look at the whole picture, and especially as you become more aware that this is affecting you, maybe it's affecting people around you, maybe your family, and, um, and hopefully you, you're going to be ready for that change. We talk about the creative process from um, concept to publication of your book. Um, mm-hmm. What exactly did you do? How did you go about it? Well, Denise, like I said, I, I became inspired uh, with the uh, topic of habits. And uh, as I looked around and I saw that no one really had written the book from a clinical uh, healthcare practitioner in both traditional and non-traditional, I decided to write the book. So the first aspect of creative is that you get an idea. And uh, from that idea, uh, I decided that... Uh, I would sort of make an outline 
and see where do I go with that? How much can I say about that? What, what body of knowledge do I have about that? What would my research be? So I did an outline. And I, I personally think it's a good idea, unless you've written a lot of other books, to have an editor right alongside with you to guide you um, into you know, the mechanics. If you're a new writer, a new author, uh, that's, I think, very important. And um, when you are passionate, <laughs> that's really the key, isn't it? I mean, when you yeah. are passionate about what you want to talk about, what you want to share with the world out there, and uh, that you feel that the, work or the words that you're going to say are really going to help people, the creativity, for me anyway, it just kind of flowed. It just really mm-hmm. kind of flowed. Did, were you, um, did you interview anyone for your book? I, uh, maybe I interviewed one or two people, but I did not base my book so much on interviews as I did on I have, uh, pretty much a lot of experience uh, having dealt with patients in my chiropractic practice and acupuncture practice as well as clients as a health coach. And uh, so I had a lot of different um, stories, a lot of different case studies uh, that came to me as, uh, as I was writing the book. Is there a pattern of people and their habits? You see more more uh, good habits or bad habits in people or uh, trends? <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a very good question and one that I've never even actually thought of. And uh, I would have to say, you know, habits are so ubiquitous. They're, they're there for all of us. There is not a human being that doesn't have We have to have habits. It's important for us to have habits. In order for us to be able to do everything that our brain wants to do, we need to put some things in that habit corner so that we don't have to think about. So um, I think that uh, men and women, um, you know, equally have their habits. uh, But I I really cannot put my finger on any one particular habit that belongs in the territory of a particular group of people. Uh, I'll Mm -hmm. think about that. That's a very good question. Okay. Well, um, do you have a particular story that you'd like to share with us? Something kind of funny or inspirational? Well, you know, that, of course, my book is my book is full of stories. It's full of uh, my own story, my own journey with habits, um, and of course, uh, a lot of different case studies um, from the the pool of people that um, I have uh, treated in, in in my career. But what comes to mind about a story to me right now is that, you know, I was sitting in a restaurant having dinner with my husband, and um, I couldn't help but overhear these two women talking, and the word habit (laughs) kept coming up. I have this habit, mm, you have the habit, and, you know, it's it's really not polite to to eavesdrop, but I just couldn't help it. So I excused myself and said, excuse me, ladies, I Really, I apologize for being so indiscreet and uh, listening on your conversation, but I couldn't help you uh, hearing that you're talking about habits. And I told them that, I told them that you know, I was, uh, at that time I was in, sort of in the midst of writing the book. 
And uh, so when you said if I had an interview, and uh, this is where I was, it wasn't really an interview, but I did speak to some people who uh, would mm-hmm. share a few things with yeah, me. That's pretty close and, to uh, it. You know, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I said, I, you know, I, I told them that I was writing the book and I, you know, was uh, interested in, in hearing, you know, what they had to say. So um, they were very, very lovely, very curious. You know, they really um, didn't mind at all. And, uh, and we spoke a little bit about um, how difficult it is um, to, to change an old habit. It's, it's not easy. And uh, that's why accountability and support and even having a coach sometimes is really very, very important. And that course doesn't have to be anybody that you're, you're, you're paying. It could, be, it could be someone in the family, a friend, a husband, you know. But so we, we did have this discussion out of the game. Because my poor husband is like, hello, <laughs> I can't believe you did that, Sylvie. But I did. <laughs> so well, it was meant to happen, obviously. <laughs> yes, 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 it was. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, in general, uh, I find that people, here's what happened. Once I decided that I really wanted to zero in and focus on habits, it was unbelievable how I kept hearing the word habit all over the place. Now, it was not hallucinating. (laughs) I was really listening and hearing the word habit. It would come on the television. It would come on the radio. It would come... Anywhere uh, at all, people here and there, the, the word habit would come up. So it is so amazing how often uh, that comes up in everyday life of people. And, you know, it gave me all the more the reason and passion for writing the book because it was something that all of us, all of us can relate to. And, um, you know, people think primarily of their bad habits, when you know, when you bring up subjects of habit, you know, people really right away think about their their bad habits, um, forgetting that hey, you know, you've got some good ones as well. And let's not forget about them. And uh, they kind of get created and stored in their brain in the very very same way that um, you know the bad and the good ones. It doesn't matter. A habit gets created the same way in the brain and gets stored in the same way. And all the um, efforts and uh, methods to change them are the same. Give me an example of of a habit. Okay. I have, well, uh, I like to use an example that is not, most people, when they think about a habit, they talk about, oh, my chocolate habit, my cookie habit, and uh, but I, I really think it's important for us to also realize that, uh, for instance, procrastination, okay, that's a habit. We think we can procrastinate need for tomorrow what we can do today. And Good that point. can get us into trouble. can get us into trouble. We can, I've had cases, which I report in my book, where they lost their job. That's income that they lost. It was a very painful experience, even though they were, you know, brought to their attention that they are procrastinating. But people sometimes will deny that they have that habit. I don't procrastinate, you know, I just, I'm just going to just wait until tomorrow. So that can be a habit. And, um, and many others. I mean, people don't even realize clutter, living in clutter, not making your bed in the morning 
and not hanging up your clothes so that eventually your home is one big clutter. That can really get <laughs> that can really get in the way of um, of happiness because uh, you know in Chinese medicine we look at feng shui and that's mm-hmm. very poor energy in the environment and we don't even realize well we're walking around cranky or misappointments or things aren't going well in our lives all because it's this one habit of living in an environment where we're not paying attention to it. So there's just everything. There's just they're all the way around us, even lying. Um, once so you get into the habit of getting that little white lie and it works for you and so forth, after a while that's all you use. Uh, you don't even realize it. The habit is a habit because you're doing a behavior automatically, autopilot. You're not even thinking about it. It just goes. So people who are, and I'm not talking about terribly psychotic, uh, pathological liars, but I'm talking about people who use a lot of little white lies and, uh, and conduct themselves in that way. They can break that habit. That's something that you can break. So, yeah, That's there's, very true. there's just so many, so many. Um, let's see. What well, those are, those are negatives. Right. The, those are negatives. I mean, if we're talking about good ones for the body, of course, we're even starting with the brushing teeth. I mean, this is this is probably the per, the first habit that people think about. If you have a good habit, people think, "Oh, I brush my teeth." You know, um, I exercise regularly. Uh, I I eat nutritiously and properly. I have the habit of uh, never never having any food uh, an hour or two before going to sleep. So, you know, those are all very good habits or uh, being mindful, being mindful when you're eating so that you're not eating beyond your capacity and beyond your satiety, you know. So those are all good habits. Um, And as I said before, even the habit of uh, paying attention, doing a kind act, uh, leaving the door open for the person who is going to be in back of you when you are coming out of a store, um, uh, even when you think about it, uh, Denise, prayer. Now, prayer becomes a habit when we do it in a rote fashion, and religion does that. You know, we it's fine, you know, because it would be very difficult sometimes to have to think precisely how you want to pray. Uh, mm-hmm. The prayer itself, of course, comes from a spiritual component, but doing the prayer can be a habit, a good habit. Politeness. Sorry? Politeness. Politeness. Absolutely. I would certainly like to see a lot more of that in our society. People saying thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You Absolutely. It's like I taught taught my son from the time, you know, he could speak to Mm -hmm. always say thank you. Yes, and you know, and, I have a chance. And he does, you know, if people, if somebody how does old, something is, for him. Well, he's he's a grown man he now. He's a grown man oh, now, okay. but but mm-hmm. you you'll still hear that from him. Well, you know, uh, I wrote a chapter that's so important what you just mentioned, so important that uh, I wrote a, a chapter in in my book, Make It a Habit, about uh, about children, how to instill habits in children. And uh, a lot of times people think that, well, that's not a habit. That's just manners. That's just learning good manners. But 
whenever you do something pretty much automatically without having to think about it, that's the definition of a habit. So mm-hmm. that when somebody um, does something for you and you say thank you, you didn't have to think about it. It became a, a good habit. Here's another exactly. one that is very, very, very popular now, and that is the number of times that people check their emails on their phone and their social media. Uh, I've had people come up and say, I can't stand this anymore. I cannot, I can't stop. I've gotten into such a habit of checking my phone for emails and, and, and Facebook. I, I've got to stop that. So that's another habit that uh, today's society <laughs> has given us. That's, you know, that's, that's a really a good point. I recently read an article, and I think that the average person checks almost every 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And some people are, some people even more often. I had one particular case that, that was incessant. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes people don't realize the question that they make with their bosses and their coworkers, it really does disrupt relationships when you have habits of that nature. So, you know, it, it really has to be controlled. Yeah. That's a big one. Mhm. Mhm. I think that's a um an excellent point to bring up. And then there are people who do a lot of Yeah, 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 yeah. There's people who do a lot of facial expressions, you know, they roll their eyes and uh, and so you say to them, you know, why did you roll your eyes when I said that? And they go, I didn't roll my eyes. Oh, yes, you did. Oh, my God, you know, people have told me that before. I, I don't even realize I do that. That's a habit. So, you know, we have to kind of choose the ones that are really getting in the way of sabotaging our our health and happiness. We have to sort of be aware and say, okay. This one I'm going to keep, but this one has got to go. <laughs> and it's not easy. It really isn't easy. I, I, uh, one of the things that I, uh, that I teach my, my patients, my clients, and, and I have written in a book is a mantra that uh, I have them do. And you can do it any time of the day, but you can also do it. In the, I started off saying do it in the evening. Uh, it happened, you know, the way that happened was that um, my patients, my chiropractic patients, the ones that had neck problems, they would not really progress to my satisfaction. And I began to wonder, why aren't they doing better? You know, they're getting a good adjustment and they do it, and then they come back a week later, you know. And then I started to ask them, how do you sleep? And the people who weren't doing well were the people who were sleeping on their stomach. So I said, oh, oh, that's a no-no. You cannot sleep on your stomach. That's very, very bad for your back and for your neck. It really takes you off of the alignment. So how do you take a habit? The doctor says, hey, I can't stop it. I turn around and I'm on my tummy. So that's when I started with that mantra. And I told him, you know, before you go to sleep, you know, give yourself a mantra. At that time, it could be negative, it could be positive. At that time, I would say, say to yourself, I will not sleep on my stomach ever again. And then I said to them, but what I want you to do is I want you to emphasize 
each word every time you say it. So, for instance, it would be, I will not sleep on my stomach ever again. I will not sleep on my stomach ever again. I will not sleep on my stomach ever again. And you do this all the way until you reach the end of that uh, sentence. And uh, you do it for about uh, 30 days and see what happens. And I was amazed. I was amazed at the percentage of people who were able to break that habit uh, in 30 days. Some of them required a little longer. You know, researchers mm-hmm. have uh, found out that um, it takes anywhere between, uh, sort of, let me see, I think it's about between 18 and 254 days before a new habit can be established. So the average of that is 66 days. But that study was done way after I was telling my patients to do this uh, process, to do this routine. So That's I started a long off time. by telling 30 days. Yeah. I mean, so, two months is yeah. a long time to, to, to try to break a habit. Well, it depends. Some, some habits require a lot longer, and some, mm-hmm. require, some uh, habits require less time. But mm. um, that was a, a mantra that really, really helped um, to break that habit. And you can do that with anything, anything at all that you want to break. You can use that mantra along with other methods if, if you want to. It doesn't have, certainly doesn't have to be the only method that you use. The important oh, thing is to sure. create the habit, break the habit in little baby steps and not to try to do too much to make that change. Little baby mm-hmm. steps. And the next thing is important is to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it until you, you do it on autopilot. <laughs> it's, it's, almost like fact, form of, it's almost like a form of brainwashing <laughs> yourself. It, you know what? It could very well be. But, you know, hey, when we memorize a bunch of, uh, of vocabulary or, or, you know, I had to memorize Chinese herbs, that's what it was, you know. That's what you had to mm-hmm. do. But in one of uh, the studies that I have, um, that I researched, um, I came across um, a researcher psychologist by the name of uh, Fogg, B.J. Fogg. And um, what he did is he wanted to to show how you can establish the habit of dental flossing. So with his, his method is that you need to attach your new habit to an old habit. That's the how, you know, the, the, the nuance that he gives to his changing of habits. So what he did, what he recommended is that you put your, your um, bit of floss right next to your toothbrush. In the morning you get up, there's your toothbrush, you're going to brush your teeth, and there's your dental floss, so you're going to dental floss. But, uh-huh, here's the trick. You're going to dental floss one tooth, just the one tooth, and then you put it down. Continue on with the rest of your day. Continue on with your brushing of your teeth the rest of your day. And that's the next day, all over again. Your dental floss, you take it, and you do one tooth. And as you go along and it starts to get like something you're doing every day, you know, the person is going to say, well, you know what, if I can do one, I can do two. If I can do two, I can do three teeth. And before you know it, you're dental flossing on a regular basis along with your toothbrushing. That's interesting. <laughs> one tooth. Can you imagine oh, just one funny. tooth? Mm-hmm. But no. that sticks. Uh-huh. And that sticks as opposed to go and dental floss the whole mouth. And, you know, exercise is definitely also important to take it one little step at a time. Hmm. Even, even to the point of, you know, you have your sneakers out, you put your sneakers on, that's your cue. 
and you go to the health club or you go to the machine that you have at home that's, that's been hanging clothes in there, and uh, you do, and you just look at it. You just mount on that bike and then come off. And you do that every morning. Eventually, you're going to mount on the bike and do a little run and another little run. And before you know it, you're into the habit of doing the bike or the treadmill or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you have to start with baby steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's first thing in the morning when I get up, I grab the dogs and go for our two-mile mm-hmm. walk hike. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. just get it done <laughs> before anything else, before that, I have breakfast, before anything. We're gone. And, and when you do that, Denise, I bet you that you are putting the leash on the dogs. How many dogs do you have? You have more than one? Two. 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 Me too. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're taking the leashes on, you're putting, you're doing all that. You, are, you, might, you could even be thinking about, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? What am I going to serve the family for dinner? Or um, I have to do this or that. You could be thinking about a lot of things while you're getting the dogs ready to go out. And that's, what, that's really the key of, of the habit, that you, know, you still didn't have to be, I'm going to put the leash on the dog. I'm going to put it right on the nose. Yeah, I mean, it's going it's, to go it's, across. It's, yeah, it, it's pretty true. I'm basically planning my day out, mm-hmm. and there you go. You know, and, and thinking about my itinerary for the day. Mhm, mhm. So, uh, there's also a form of, of, I've also found it a form of meditation, actually, because I'm out in the mm-hmm. country. So, um, I mean, it's dead quiet, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm out right. with yeah. nature. You know, uh-huh. around a lot of nature, so um, it's pretty, pretty great way. It's a great way to start off the day. Absolutely, but what you just mentioned now is, is a very important aspect of creating a habit, Denise, because you know you you have a cue, the QR, you know, hi mom, I need to go. <laughs> Huffing and puffing, mm-hmm. the, the girls are looking at you. I need to go. So that's your cue. You go ahead and you get them ready. And you put the leashes on and you go out. And then you're describing a beautiful scenario. That's your reward. And you go over and over again with this habit because the whole experience is so pleasant. And, uh, but if you didn't have that reward, you probably could, would still be doing it. But it's more difficult to establish a habit if you don't have some sort of a reward that comes from that. The feeling of satisfaction. Yeah. You know. Good point. Very good point. Good. That's right. I don't have the I don't have it, the dog staring at me all day long. <laughs> right. Me out, exactly. Me out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh but, gosh. Uh, what would we do if we didn't have habits? I mean, we spend the whole the whole day just going over. Uh, okay, I'm going to put my. Uh, my jeans on, I'm going to raise my leg and put one, you know, you can't be doing that. You mm-hmm. know, you have to be able to just go in and out. And most people have the same routine. They put their right leg on first or the left one on first or they, you know, so you have a routine on getting dressed. You, of course, what you're going to wear is a decision that you had to make with your frontal lobe, but getting the routine and getting the dressing done and getting going, that's, in, that's in another part of the brain. Uh, that's in the basal ganglia where your habits are sitting there enjoying 
what you're doing. <laughs> it's a fascinating subject, isn't it? <laughs> I it love is. It. It is. I love. It. Yeah, I know. It is. It's a lot of fun. It really is. Yeah, it really, it really is. But you know, it's a lot of fun, but it's also serious. It's a serious mm-hmm. thing because you know, mm-hmm. bad habits can really lead to a lot of lot of problems. Oh yeah, and people but, don't realize yeah. that sometimes. Undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there? Uh, anything else that you'd like to add to your interview today that perhaps we haven't covered? Well, you know, it's a, it, it really was important. I think we did cover it. It was important for me to make sure that our listeners um, realize that habits is not just about eating a little bit too much or, you know, the ice cream and the cookies and all that that people usually think. That's the habit. It's really a lot more. It's about how your mind works and um, and how your spirit works. Uh, so it's a total thing about yourself and uh, to be aware of, of what your behavior is and uh, and to want to make a change is really a, a wonderful thing. A wonderful thing to to mm-hmm. un- uncover and, and have control of mm-hmm. your, your life. And have good habits. <laughs> Very much so. Well, why don't you tell our listeners uh, where they could purchase your book, which is called Make It a Habit. That's right. It's called Make It a Habit. Um, create um, health and happiness uh, for your body, mind, and spirit. Um, the book is available in Amazon, both in Kindle and the uh, printed version. It's also available printed version online with Barnes & Noble. Uh, my website is uh, healthyhabitsdoctor.com. Uh, and also uh, my email. My email is drsylvie, S-C-I-E, at healthyhabitsdoctor.com. And I really invite people to take advantage uh, of that email. And uh, if they have a particular habit that they're stuck with, I would be more than happy for, uh, you know, to help them out. I have, there's no fee attached to that. Uh, it would be an hour of um, email uh, consultation uh, on a, one particular habit that they might be having some trouble with. And that would be my pleasure to do that like the good old dear Abby that they used to have years ago in that syndicate. Uh, I've always wanted to be dear. I've always wanted to be dear Abby. So dear Sylvie. So now, um, so now you have the opportunity. (laughs) Only you're not dear, you're not dear Abby. You're dear Dr. Heyman. (laughs) Dear Dr. Sylvie. That's, uh, you know, Dr. Sylvie is fine. Dr. Sylvie at healthyhabitsdoctor.com. And I'd be so happy to, um, you know, to work together, be a, be your accountability partner. Actually, be very happy mm-hmm. to do that. <laughs> well, thank you. You've been absolutely delightful to interview, and I think our listeners uh, have a full understanding now of you know what what a habit is uh, for good mm-hmm. or or for bad, and um, and I'm sure that if somebody does have a habit they can't break, they'll be delighted to contact you. I hope so. I hope so, Denise. And thank you so much for having me. This was really quite a pleasure. Oh, I so agree. 
So thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, listeners. We had a great show today. Please join us again next Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific Center Time, which is also 7 Eastern Center Time. And until then, please be well and be happy. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? 